Hello and welcome to The Lydia Project, Conversations with Christian Women and sometimes men, although we're not going to rename the podcast just because today's episode actually features a man. It is great to be back in your ears after a rather long summer siesta. I'm really excited about some of the interviews that we have planned for you this year. There'll be a few changes to the Lydia Project. We've already done a couple of uh, recordings of interviews and I look forward to sharing them with you over the year. Today's conversation is with Keith and Sarah Condy. They've been married for ages and we're happy to open up and talk about their marriage and also a new marriage course that they are about to launch. As this episode is all about marriage, you might be thinking that it's possibly not for you if you are not married. That's fine, but can I urge you just to give it a go and try and listen because not only is it lovely to listen to Sarah and Keith talk about each other and talk about their faith in Christ, but what they have to say about marriage and its purpose and place in our church communities is really good to hear, I think, no matter what your relationship status. I know I was encouraged to value my own marriage and remember its purpose of being a relationship that not only points towards the marriage of Christ and his bride, the church, but to remember that it's a relationship that can be a really strong foundation for serving others outside of the marriage. Keith and Sarah talk a bit more about that in the conversation and I think it's great to hear no matter no matter what your relationship status. All right, over to Keith and Sarah now. Sarah and Keith, welcome to the Lydia Project and it's so great to have you both here and Keith, you are our first male guest on an interview podcast that's called the Lydia Project Conversations with Christian Women. So it's great to have you, Keith. <laughs> wow, that, that is a great honour. Thank yeah. you very much yes, for having me. <laughs> you're for welcome. Having... <laughs> um, so I'm going to start by asking you both the questions that I ask all my guests. And so, Sarah, we'll start with you. How did you come to faith in Christ? Well, I was a teenager and I had always believed in God and I knew that Jesus had died save me but I consciously made a choice that I didn't want Jesus to be Lord of my life so I said okay I know that means I'll go to hell and I was quite happy with that decision but I started meeting um, on the bus going to school some youth who were going to the youth group at our local church and I really was drawn to their demeanour they just seemed to have something about their life, the way they lived their life that was very attractive and appealing. So I started going to the youth group at church and over a, a few months, um, just being, you know, reading the Bible and thinking about life, I thought, I want to become a Christian. So I one night I was babysitting for our next door neighbour and I uh, read John's Gospel chapter one and I, God in his Oh no, he speaks. And that passage just made so much sense to me. And I thought, I'm walking in darkness and I want to be in the light. And that beautiful verse that says that to all those who believe, they're given the right to become God's children. And I thought, I believe. There was nothing about um, the Christian belief that I didn't believe. And from that moment, it was Friday, August the 13th, 1976, I became a Christian. And 
I felt like I really was walking in the light from that point on. Oh, that's great. Lovely to hear. Thanks, Sarah. Mm. And Keith, I'm going to ask you a different question. How did you and Sarah meet? Well, that, that's quite a story, actually. So that youth group that Sarah was talking about, I was a member of that youth group. And we had a, um, we used to do these things back in the 70s. You'd have what was called a bad taste night. <laughs> so the first time I saw Sarah, she was, she was, was pretty outrageous, actually. Fairly, I mean, no one would bat an eyelid nowadays, but back then, she was was fairly unusual. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay, we really do <laughs> need photos, but sure. <laughs> no, no, no photos. photos. Well, that's, no that's probably photos. why they don't do bad taste nights anymore, because it would all be on Instagram yeah. and your image would yeah. be, you know, spoiled. And it's, better, it's better that it's just a memory. Yes, yeah. yes I think so. <laughs> Perhaps not love at first sight. <laughs> but then what happened? Well, I think um, Sarah got involved with the group and then I started going to the Bible study. Yeah, that's right. She came to a Bible study that I was involved with. And um, just over time, I think we got to know each other and that was very special. I just loved how Keith led. He used to lead that group and I just loved his wisdom. We'd go to the beach as a group and he would, he'd be silly. He was good at being silly and making me laugh. And I, I really loved that. Now we're going to be talking a bit about marriage later on. So I want to ask you a couple of questions about your marriage. So you two have been married for, is it, how long was it? 37 years. 37. That's actually what I've got written down, but I was thinking, no, that's not possible. Really, 37 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. a little old. <laughs> so what are some of your fond memories of your early years of your marriage? I loved setting up our new home and having family and friends over for dinner. And and I remember we used to have lots of picnics on Saturdays. We'd go and we'd just pack a picnic lunch and we'd go somewhere and we'd just have fun together. Yes. Yeah, so I, I think for me, it was so exciting to be together, like most of the time, <laughs> and not to have to say goodbye. That was just really special. And, and I still think back to just being together and enjoying each other's company, yeah. We had that and I think in our first year of marriage, my father died. So I think we learned how to do life with hard things happening and that didn't stop our relationship being like something really special to us. But I think, you know, I think there, were, uh, there was a bit of reality to what was happening for us at that time. Yeah. I know you've both been involved in... in a lot of different types of ministries in the past, um, pastoring churches and working at Moore College, Keith. Um, but what are you both involved in now ministry-wise? So I um, work three days a week at Church by the Bridge, which is in Kirribilli, and it's now in partnership with the church at Neutral Bay. And I'm now their Director of Wellbeing and Care. So I've been working on setting up that ministry. I've been there nearly four years and until this year I was helping with um, pastoring women small group leaders and I was in the area of maturity so it's a bit of a change for me. So Keith you and Sarah are now employed together at Anglican Deaconess Ministries can you tell me a bit about that job? Yeah sure so um so ADM as they're known uh, Anglican Deaconess Ministries it's a, a Christian women's foundation 
and they've existed for 127 years. Originally, they put women into churches as deaconesses, and they do all sorts of ministry in churches, visiting people and going to hospitals and acts of mercy and praying with people, and reading, the reading the Bible, all sorts of stuff. And they're now, the organisation has grown and changed and developed and tried to, to think through how do we maintain that DNA, but be an organisation for women in the 21st century. And so they're doing a whole lot of very exciting things. And their mission is really to help women flourish in kingdom work. And so one of their initiatives is to set up this mental health and pastoral care institute. Yes. And so, so we're, we're the co-directors of that. So I work four days a week. Sarah works one day. Uh, we work together on that one day with Sarah comes in, which is really nice. Really nice. So it's a lovely thing to do. Um, our basic goal is to try and support churches in their work of caring for people, particularly those struggling with their mental health. And we've got we've got sort of three prongs to our strategy. The first one's prevention. So we think anything we can do to strengthen marriages, to strengthen family life, parenting skills, uh, help churches function as uh, communities which which um, really you know love each other and care for people and uh, not just married people and families, but single people too, which I think that's really vital. Uh, so that's the preventative. Prong. The second prong is equipping, so trying to train people, train pastors in how they can uh, support uh, people with mental health issues in their congregation. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then the third prong is actually supporting people as they wrestle with their own mental health concerns and recognising that there's lots of fantastic work being done by mental health professionals but often the spiritual dimension of life is neglected. We think the gospel of Jesus Christ speaks very powerfully into that space and offers real assistance to people as well. So we're trying to think, what can we do there? Helping churches see that they have the opportunity to do so much to help people with mental health issues, connect with others in their local community. And so many people are isolated and churches do groups really well. Mm. And to get people involved in groups is actually really, really helpful. Mm. And and community as well. Community, yes. building community, yes. Absolutely. Which is one of the key things for people's mental wellbeing is to to be connected to other people. Now, I know you've been working on a new marriage enrichment course that's about to be launched, yes. but tell me, where did the idea come from? Back in the early 2000s, Keith was the Dean of Students at Moore College and we were asked by a particular year group at college if we would run a marriage enrichment day for their year. And we looked at each other and thought, well, we have no idea what that looks like, but yes, we could give that a go. So that was the start. And then a second thing that happened was that there was a particular year group that had left college. And I think it was like five years after they had left college, about eight or nine couples had divorced. And that number surprised and shocked us mm -hmm. and we wondered whether perhaps we could develop a marriage enrichment course that we didn't just run once but we kept doing to help couples going into ministry uh, be able to have marriages that um, were strong and happy and lasted. We started reading a whole lot of stuff both 
Christian books and secular research. We wanted to bring the wisdom of the Bible together with the wisdom of this research. And we found that doing that seemed to have a real impact for people, drawing those two things together. And so we just kept reading and we kept thinking. And we kept doing it. And we, we originally, we were just doing it at Moore College for students, but we found over time that churches were beginning to ask us to come and run marriage courses at their church. So it kind of just grew. Just kept developing and morphing and we responded to feedback and... So we, yeah. we sort of, a long time ago, I started praying that God would enable us to develop a resource that churches could use because we really didn't know of anything Australian that did that. And we thought, wouldn't it be good if there was like a DVD and people could use it? I've got a, a prayer that I wrote into prayer mate in 2013 and it's really about, I'm seeing it being launched now and I think, wow. God has answered, God has that, answered prayer. that prayer. So that's that's very exciting. Yes. It is. So you're both pretty well qualified to do both the research and the pastoral thinking through of it all because, Keith, you've got a degree in social work. Psychology. Psychology. Um, it, was quite a long, it was quite a long time. I have tried to keep up a bit. So. But even just that, that way of thinking that you know how to research and where to go. and Yes. Yeah. Well, And you also lectured in pastoral counselling at college, didn't you? Yes. Ministry yeah. subjects. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And Sarah, you're a librarian? trained as a librarian, and yeah. I'm trained as a law librarian. Um, but I worked for many years at the State Library, helping yeah. people find answers to their question about the law. Yeah. But I love finding, helping people find answers to questions. So I love, I, yeah, I research, I'm yeah. a researcher. I'm quite good at looking for things and finding information. Plus all your decades of experience in pastoral ministry with people and churches and yeah yeah you learn so much from people mm. and life and sitting with people they you know i think when you do speak to people about marriage and you make yourself vulnerable in front of them they will often then turn to you and i think we found that happened often you know mm. people would turn couples would turn to us and mm. i think we should say tori that we probably wouldn't really consider ourselves absolute experts. No, not at all. But the I other think... driver for this whole building a safe and strong marriage course that we've developed is we've made mistakes mm. in our marriage yeah. and we got into some unhelpful habits. And in God's grace and kindness, you know, some of them have been turned around. Yes. And, and it's made a huge difference for us. And we would... I think we're prepared to share some of that if it helps couples not make the same mistakes that we made. And some of them are little things, which in at the course that we are about to launch, we talk about. And the impact of just little things every day that are positive really help change the tone of your marriage. Yes. Hmm. Oh, that's, that is very good to hear because um, I, I don't think Australia as a culture would cope so well with... Um, experts saying they've got it all together <laughs> or, Christ or Christians in general we wouldn't believe you <laughs> we might we might love you both but we know you're not perfect <laughs> I feel like all marriages are works in progress and every time we've had to prepare or present we it's almost like we've had to you know 
safe stuff or it's given us a chance to talk about stuff that really needed to be talked about and we haven't or there's been we've had to have some hard conversations and and in fact I think we used to have most of our fights over preparing marriage <laughs> <laughs> it's rather ironic I know but <laughs> Oh, I love it. Well, I know, I mean, I've done a couple of marriage courses, actually, and I know that the experience of sitting there with your partner talking about your marriage is so helpful. But you guys, I guess, have done that how many times? Yeah. Like 20 yeah. or 30 times? Oh, no, way more than that. Really? Yeah. You'd think, you know, maybe we should have it together, but, you know, <laughs> we're flawed. Yeah. Uh, true. We all are. Now, just back to the research, in your research, I mean, obviously marriage is uh, under pressure in our society and not as valued as highly in our society. Mm -hmm. What kind of proportion of marriages last or don't last in society at large? There's some controversy about how they actually, you know, come up with that data. But I think it's estimated about, about one in three marriages in Australia end in divorce. Mm. So fairly significant levels of marriage breakdown. You know, in terms of figures in churches, I don't think we know, we don't think we've got really accurate data on that. But obviously it's, it's a problem in our churches as well. This is, this is where Christians can stand out, like we value marriage oh. so highly. And mm -hmm. I mean, not only valuing relationships, but we know it's a gift. Marriage is a gift from God and has just that much bigger picture and significance in his plan. But I just think, or churches should have a far lower rate of divorce. but And wouldn't that be wonderful if that was the case? We would and, love to see yeah. that happen. Because I think actually we offer something very appealing to the outside world. I think most couples who are married who are not Christian would deeply long for their marriages to last. And Yeah, it would be good if, I guess, one of those things that could attract people to the gospel message is if yeah. they can see relationships working Yes. In, inside Christian groups in a way that they're not outside. Yes. yes. Mm. We actually hope this course, although the course is overtly Christian, but we say right at the start in the first session, we say, look, even if you don't share our faith commitment, we think there is wisdom here that will be a benefit to any marriage. And so, so we're, we're actually hoping that churches might be able to offer the course to the wider community. And for, for people who are sympathetic to Christian things, we're hoping it will be of real benefit mm. to them. We had the designers who were working on the course, one of the designers watched the first session. And the first session is God's design for marriage, so it's very Christian. And this designer was not, not Christian themselves, but came back and said, is this course only for Christian people? Because, you know, my sister's marriage was in trouble and I wish she had got to see this course because I think it would have really helped her. And so practically, how does the course work? How long is it? What's an average night or session involve? There's five sessions. And um, if you were to run it in your church, you could run it over five weeks, let's say once a week on a Monday night, or you could actually take a few couples away for a weekend and run the five sessions over the weekend. So each session lasts for about two hours. And in that session, there's video content from us where we're speaking. And then there are interviews with couples. We've interviewed uh, six couples who are at different stages we actually filmed it before a live audience 
and we interviewed some of those couples before and after each session. So you get a bit of input from other couples and we have a few role plays and then we pause every so often and couples then have a chance to talk together and there's a workbook that they can work through. Couples can come and not have to interact with any other couples. It's really, a, it's like a, having a date night going and spending time working on their marriage. And that couple time where they're talking to each other, that's really at the heart of the course. Yes. That's where the hard work yes. and the good work yes. gets done, we think. Yes. So, so we think the input's really helpful, but then being able to, to work through the exercises that um, we've developed, we think um, has a real benefit. Now, how much does it cost to do the course? I think it's going to cost about $99. We've prepared a very detailed facilitator's manual. So pretty much we tell you exactly what to say at every bit of each session. And we give you the times and what to do where. We've even given you the prayers that you could pray at the beginning and the end of each session. Mm -hmm. So and try to make it as easy as possible for someone to run. And then the workbook's going to be about $8. Okay, so if, if a church did it and there were like 10 people doing it, they would only yes. pay the workbook? Yes. So that, oh, okay, so, so that's really quite so cheap, you, isn't it? Yes, so yes. you buy the course and then yep. you buy facilitator manual and then each time, depending how many couples, you would buy the workbooks. The number of workbooks for the number of people doing the course. So yeah. we haven't we haven't made it expensive. Hmm. Um, this this is really we we want a resource that churches can use and and use easily. And you know, and the workbooks we've just gotten the print copies of the workbook and they they actually look quite nice. I've actually looked at it and thought, gee, I'd like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. So, <laughs> oh, that sounds great. Actually, I didn't even ask you what it's called. Building a Safe and Strong Marriage. Mm -hmm. We have a website, buildingmarriage.com.au. So you can buy things there and mm -hmm. then it's also going to be available through Kurong. I want to say we have an amazing team of people who yes. have actually done just about everything else <laughs> to make marriage courts happen. Yeah. And without them, uh, we would have a DVD with us talking. And that would be <laughs> so good to work in a team with other people who know what they're doing. It's yeah. fantastic. And have got skills in areas that we don't have. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, oh, that's great. So what is one, it doesn't have to be the most important tip, but what is one ingredient to a healthy marriage or tip that you would encourage people to put into practice or... I think, again, this is a key idea in the course. Genesis 2.25, you know, the man and the woman were both naked and they felt no shame. We think that is a beautiful picture of God's design for marriage, of a couple who can be completely open with each other and feel totally safe. That picture of being connected, a uh, sense of intimacy, of emotionally being emotionally safe with each other, being able to share what's on your heart with each other, to be able to do that, that is just, I think, a wonderful thing. And I think that couples who can do that are going to have a marriage that they enjoy, where they thrive. And can I say, that actually brings a wonderful blessing to those around them, whether it's children, whether it's their church community, whether it's the wider community. They're, those sorts of marriages leave a wonderful legacy for others. And Sarah? We've seen the value of just in terms of helping that 
emotional connection is really, which is really supports what the research says, it's working on your friendship and the importance of the little things every day. So even me expressing admiration for Keith or, and just saying, I really love how he's wise and he's kind. And every day I tell him that. And he tells me um, what he admires and appreciates about me. Just that's a little, but it's actually um, helping a positive level in your, um, our marriage. Um, there's other things like just actually spending time together. Mm. There was research of young couples in LA which said that those couples spent an average of 36 minutes a week talking to each other and most of those 36 minutes were talking about children and jobs to do around the house. And that's not a lot of talking, that's like five minutes a day. And, you know, actually, you actually do need to talk to each other and realising that you can actually build habits of trying to connect with each other, having it every day, making sure you try and catch up with each other and trying to every week have an evening together or mm. go out for coffee together um, just to have longer chats with each other. And if you don't actually do that, over time you start taking each other for granted. Being willing to put a bit of effort into your marriage and not assuming that it's all just going to go along happily. Mm. You know, you sort of, you know, you sort of hear, you know, people get married and they lived happily ever after. Well, the happily ever after actually is a lot of it is it is working on it. Yes, and it's and working it's on it, it. It's, and it's worth it. And it's it's, it and a lot of the work is the little things every day. And in our course, we really unpack how couples can start doing some of those little things and building habits of connecting with each other. It sounds fantastic, really. I'm, I just want to do it. I'm sure people listening oh, will want it too. I don't know if anybody else listening is feeling this, but I'm thinking, oh, there's some weeks that honestly, if I set a timer at the beginning of the conversation and turned it off at the end, I reckon we'd struggle to get to 36 minutes. But then I'm thinking the nights that we go out on a date, that's, that's ours, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, it yeah is. they are really worthwhile. And you've got it. You've just got to carve out that time and put it in, don't you? Yeah. Mm. yeah well, you know, I think I think it's actually worthwhile doing because it actually benefits everyone else. This is not about being selfish. This is about this enables you to serve well. Mm. And I think God's designed marriage to enable us with an outward-looking purpose for the blessing that comes from the relationship with each other will flow out and bring blessing to it to those around. So, yeah. Keith, what keeps you committed in your marriage to Sarah? I made promises and I try and take those promises seriously. Oh, that was, on, you know, on our marriage day. Mm. So, so there, I feel like there's that commitment, which is a real bedrock, which has really stood that, you know, really helped us, I think, um, being willing to, to, to rest on that commitment and the security that actually, that actually brings to a relationship. The, I mean, the other thing is, I, I mean, I really, I really like Sarah. So <laughs> it, it, um, really? it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love being with her. So at, at that level, it's not hard. It's not always that hard, but. Um, but we've had seasons in our life which have been hard. Yes. So I guess in over 37 years, we have had some hard times. We've both had significant health issues and it hasn't all just been beautiful plain sailing. No. 
what's keeping you standing firm in Christ at the moment? That's a great question, Tori. I think the first thing I want to say to that is God keeps me standing firm. In a, in a sense, he's got me more than I've got him. And I, I never get used to the fact that God's love and God's grace is just so amazing and so profound and that he has stepped into my life and he holds me so firmly and securely in his hands. That's a beautiful, wonderful truth. And I think knowing that, just being refreshed in that truth as often as I can. And so, you know, reading the scriptures and being reminded that our God is a God of such grace and such love and such kindness and compassion that keeps me strong and his love for me in Christ. So being reminded of that and then just trying to turn towards him in prayer, just, just regularly throughout the day, um, trying to live my life before God. I think that's the things that just keep, think, keep, keep me strong. Yeah. Thank you. And Sarah, what keeps you committed in your marriage to Keith? I too, I made promises and I think I go back to that and I think I want to keep those promises. But I've been married to a good man. He's a good man and he loves me. And it's actually easy. <laughs> I'm a very up and down kind of person. And Keith seems to be very stable. He's just utterly reliable. And I can trust him. And he's been trustworthy for the entire time I've been married to him. Yes, I am committed. But I actually think he has really he's loved me in an extraordinary way really I feel blessed and when I think about commitment I sort of think oh there's something hard about that but I don't feel like it is hard does that make sense yeah um, we do our life together and he's my partner he's my best friend and I really love doing life with him we enjoy waking up in the morning and we in our home and we say thank you Lord for putting us here together and we thank you Lord for our children and our church family I think there's so much that we are thankful for and mm. yeah hmm. and mm. so then my last question Sarah what is keeping you standing firm in Christ well I feel like Keith answered um, that very beautifully and I I would say yes I agree I totally concur I think it's in God's hands completely I've been saved by grace and I know that is true but I also think like our marriage relationship and we've I've said the little things every day help you marriage well I actually think the little things every day help my relationship with God and so I I try and read my Bible I try and pray I try and spend time using a psalm or thinking about things that I'm thankful for those little things actually really help going to church and hearing a sermon and being encouraged by God's word, all of those things, I feel like it makes me respond and think, yes, I love you, Jesus, and I want to live my life for him. Well, what a great place to finish. Sarah and Keith, thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you for being open and sharing a bit about your marriage and especially really exciting to hear about the new marriage course that you have. And we will include the links for people to access that if they're interested. In the show notes. Thank, thank you, Tori. Thank you so much, Tori. It's been lovely um, talking to yes. you. Yes, and thanks for having a man on. <laughs> yes, you're <laughs> so welcome. <laughs> okay, thanks. So